Hi, this is Jeff Cober, and we welcome you to today's Disney at Work podcast. We've been doing a lot of Disney at Play podcasts recently with the uh, emergence of this new website, but I wanted to go back to Disney at Work and, and do a few articles. And I hope whether you are a fan of Disney at Work or Disney at Play, that uh, you find something meaningful in today's podcast. Earlier, a few days ago, I had a chance to write an article about uh, an experience when I visited Tokyo Disney, which I've been several times, but on one instance, I stepped into this uh, merchandise shop in Western Land, which is uh, the frontier land at, at Tokyo Disneyland, and there I found uh, merchandise relating to uh, a black sheep named Danny. Now, most people have no idea what this this character. He looks familiar, maybe, but nobody remembers this character. It goes way back over 60 years ago to a show called So Dear to My Heart, which actually was a film pretty dear to Walt Disney's heart. It was one of the first live-action animated films that Walt Disney did long before the age of Mary Poppins and, and some of the big famous ones we know of. But uh, this this film dealt with uh, what uh, was this black sheep that um, this little boy, uh, played by Bobby Driscoll, uh, adopts and um, and takes to the uh, to the county fair. You'll you'll want to reference the story because I talk a, a little bit about uh, black sheep and how people see themselves or see others as the kind of black sheep of the family or uh, part of that. And so I have a whole uh, reference. Uh, uh, and um, a set of thoughts r- relating around being a black sheep, and it includes some quotations from Brad, Brad Bird of Incredible. So definitely check out that article. In that film, there is a song called It's What You Do With What You Got, and it's really hard to say that without not wanting to sing it. You can see the song. We play the video because it, it's part of that uh, story. It also happens to be the title of one of my chapters in Disney Leadership and You. I, I love this chapter because really it's about being resourceful. And leaders who are successful are individuals who are um, just that. They are uh, very much resourceful. The song, again, was penned way back in the 1940s. But the spirit of the song actually began some two decades earlier. It began in something as simple as a garage. Now, besides um, working with computers, what do Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak of Apple, as well as Bill Hewlett and David Packard, what do they all have in common? Well, Listen to this little scene from uh, Spaceship Earth, and we see how it all comes together, starting with uh, when you arrive toward the top of Spaceship Earth, you see a family watching the landing on the moon, which is occurring 
the 50th anniversary is taking place in the next week or so. So you'll hear Judy Dench talk about that. But they talk about computers and how do we get computers and 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 then how do we make computer uh, something that's not the size of a garage? So listen to the segment from Spaceship Earth and then we'll bring it back up again. So as you recall, here we are in our time machine vehicle and we've moved from the family watching the first astronaut to land and step on the moon, then merging into a big computer space where all these computer activity is going on. And the question is then asked, well, how do we bring that experience into each person's living room? And that's where we emerge into a garage in Northern California, where someone is busy working on a new computer. What if everyone could have one of these amazing machines in their own house? There's just one problem. They're as big as a house. The solution comes in, of all places, a garage in California. Young people with a passion for shaping the future put the power of the computer in everyone's hands. Together we form a super network that goes with billions of interactions. And once again, we stand on the brink of a new renaissance. So going back to my question, uh, besides working with computers, Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, Bill Hewlett, Dave, what do they have in common? Well, the answer is, again, at the top of Spaceship Earth, um, we see that as we emerge to this garage scene, you remember that Judy says, young people with a passion for shaping the future put the power of computer in everyone's hands. Well, what they have in common is all of them started their businesses in a garage. In fact, Pam Fisher, Imagineer and the show's writer, talked about that scene and said, you know, we all looked at that scene as an homage to the innovation that happens in garages of California. There's a lot of this notion of young people in Northern California working on kitchen tables in garages, making the personal computer possible, end of quote. Well, the answer is that Hewlett and Packer, as well as Jobs and Wozniak with Apple, started phenomenal companies in a garage. But they're not the only ones. Going back to what I said about the song being the spirit of the song, what you do with what you got, being uh, beginning some two decades earlier, remember that Walt Disney himself started in a garage. In fact, I had this wonderful little memoir of a, a little piece of wood from the actual garage that uh, Walt Disney built Steamboat Willie in. And uh, it was given to me by a friend of mine in Southern California. She is an entrepreneur of herself, her own. 
making and uh, in fact uh, has uh, been very successful in taking very uh, old spaces out and throughout Southern California and transforming them into fantastic shared office spaces. It's uh, and being a competition to big organizations like WeWork and others. And again, it it just reminds me of the spirit of possibilities when you take something very basic, something very plain, something very simple, and you transform it into something better. Walt Disney began his work in a garage, but Elliot and Ruth Handler of Mattel, they did the same thing. They started a garage. For that matter, C.E. Woolman started what became Delta Airlines out of a gas station garage, and DeWitt and Lila Wallace nurtured Reader's Digest from a garage apartment. So, it what is it about garages that make them so successful that turn out great possibilities? Well, it isn't that there's something inherent in the physical aesthetic of a garage. They simply act as an incubator for possibilities. Stripped down to the bare essentials, one becomes focused on building upward and onward. The idea of working from a garage suggests a state of mind and rejection of the status quo in search of something that will be the next big thing. It fosters the spirit of entrepreneurship that sometimes can't be addressed in the trappings of a fine office building. Clearly, you have to provide people the resources necessary to do the job. That means the right hardware and software in terms of furnishings and tools. It also means placing them in an environment that supports the culture that you really want to create. Still, sometimes the best setting is one that focuses you on what you want to accomplish rather than supplying the comforts and luxuries that can often make you distracted. Sometimes the best setting is one that makes you hungry for something better. This concept that something great can can begin in something as simple as a garage is, is just one of many stories I share in the chapter on, well, what you do with what you got. I, I want to I end as the souvenir for this little episode, uh, just reading the lyrics of this song. And I will try not to sing it, but, uh, but listen to the words because I think it, it has some great messages. It's what you do with what you got. And never mind just how much you got. It's what you do with what you got that pays off in the end. Now that suggests to me that you ought to preoccupy yourself with building on the resources you have rather than focusing on how much you're missing in order to get the job done. goes on to say, you got to start with what you got And what you got ain't such a lot. To make the most of what you got, here's what I recommend. You start by a-trying and applying your best. If you try, there ain't no denying. There's a way to feather your nest. You got to add how much you do and multiply by what you do. You think you can't win, but you do. And you get back dividend. So again, the souvenir in this set of lyrics is, hey, you know, um, you got to just go to work. 
Make it happen. In time, you'll see progress. You'll see the results of your efforts. But you got to get in the trench and you got to make it happen. And you got to make it, you got to try your best uh, to make it work. I, uh, I love these messages because I think it's at the heart of no matter where you're at, particularly as an entrepreneur or maybe just it, within a big organization, you feel like you're a small, um, a small part of such a bigger organization. Don't worry so much that you're just this tiny cog. Think about all that you can, um, you can become and think about what you have to deliver. Build on the strengths that you have. Build on the opportunities that are present right before you. Don't dwell on what you don't have and what your situation is. There's a, a continued story that goes with the Disney animators in which uh, they, you know, Walt, after the success of Snow White, built a beautiful studio with these perfect facilities for the animators to actually be able to do their work with the sunlight coming in just the right way and the ventilation being right and everything. Well, when Michael Eisner moved in, uh, he felt like there needed to be more office space for the development of films and movies and not just animation. And so animators were moved out to um, uh, another part of L.A., out to the Glendale area, and kind of put into a warehouse. And here is the, here's the heritage. Here's the legacy of Disney. And they've just been kind of kicked off the studio lot and thrown to, to an old warehouse building. But you know what? That was the best blessing they ever had. Because what they did is it caused them to stop and not just rest on the laurels of decades of successful animation, but to really say, hey, we got to start over and we got to make it work and we got to make it count and we got to make it succeed. And you know, that's where the birth, that's where the renaissance of animation came from. When we talk about great films like The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Lion King, guess what? They came out of this warehouse experience. Eventually, they would go back and build the new animated facilities. It's got a sorcerer's hat from Fantasia on it, and it's a, it's a beautiful facility. But honestly, after they built those facilities and they moved in, that's when animation, hand-drawn animation, kind of tanked. And uh, that's... That's where it had to be reborn again. So don't, don't feel like because you don't have all the tools, you don't have the resources, you don't have these great offices that you can't make it work. It's what you do with what you got and not with what you're not. Hey, I hope, you, hope this makes sense and I hope you can take it and apply it back to your own organization. That concludes our podcast for today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, like us, and share with others. Let them know about us. Also, check out our other podcasts, many of which are not only Disney at work, but Disney at play, where we discuss our passion for all things Disney. Also, check out our notes page, which we provide for each podcast. There you'll find links to other posts and articles which will help you succeed in bringing best-in-business practices at Disney back to your own organization. To make sure you don't miss a thing, please subscribe to our Disney at Work and Disney at Play newsletter. When you do, you'll receive access to our complete Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which includes 
a unique interactive map detailing where everything is in this unbelievable new land. Details showcasing food and beverage, shopping experiences and entertainment. A thorough look at Millennium Falcon's Smuggler's Run. A cue to exit outline of the new Rise of the Resistance attraction. Insights to navigating your experience, whether you're visiting Disneyland or Disney's Hollywood Studios. And over 100 drawings, photos, and videos showcasing this newest Disney experience. The guide is available when you subscribe to our Disney at Play and Disney at Work website newsletter. When you do so, you'll be also uh, enrolled in a drawing to win a free Rex droid. You'll remember Rex from Star Tours in the original version. That drawing will take place on the day Galaxy Edge opens at Disney's Hollywood Studios, so be sure to subscribe between now and then. When you visit Disney at Work, you may also want to check out our newest book, Disney Leadership and You, which offers leadership insights from scores of individuals who have led Disney over the years. It complements my other sites, Performance Journeys and WorldClassBenchmarking.com, where I offer training and development solutions to companies big and small. You'll find access to all of that and more when you visit DisneyAtWork.com. We're a young website, but we bring decades of insights from Disney. If you like the content we're bringing to you, please subscribe, like us, share with others on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please let others know so that they can benefit as well. We're also on LinkedIn, and we can provide any number of services to you. So please reach out and contact us. Let us know your needs. Tell us what's happening in your organization. We can consult with you, direct you, guide you, provide keynotes, workshops, seminars, so many things, so many different tools online and in person to help support you in making your organization better. Well, that concludes this podcast. Again, thanks for joining us. Whether it's work or play, remember, keep finding the magic.